Mike, I remember walking downstairs when I was a boy. Got up. I don't know why I was up early, but I went walked downstairs, and there was my dad in the in the living room, on his knees. At a at a chair there, with his face buried in his hands, in prayer. And he wasn't doing that to show off. He wasn't trying to make a point. He didn't know anybody else was up. So that was striking to me. It was very meaningful to me. And as the years have gone by, that that memory has become definitional. I want to be now. It's my turn. I want to be that man. And through Christ and his finished work on the cross, through his merit, I can have what I don't deserve, which is that sacred experience of literally getting down on my knees before the Lord and praying that his miracle working power and blessing, his mighty hand would be on me and on everyone who receives the ministry of the word. So strong coffee, um, simplicity, prayer. And, um, and then I go look at my, my notes and commonly I perform major surgery on the sermon that morning because I'm thinking new things that had never occurred to me. And it, it usually trends toward being simpler, more gentle and more direct. Hi, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 190. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and the voice that you just heard is that of Pastor Ray Orland, speaking about a bit of his Sunday morning routine and the way that he prepares his soul for entering into a day of the ministry of the word and service to others and the the self-emptying, pouring out ministry that we who are teachers and preachers are familiar with on Sunday mornings. So I asked him and seven or eight other previous guests of the show to give us a glimpse into this very private and very personal uh, routine that we do to prepare ourselves, that we prepare our notes, that we prepare our slides. We do that in private before a day that is very, very public. And so what you're about to hear is kind of a, a compilation album of yeah previous guests on the show um, revisiting and answering this specific question. And the question is this, how do you prepare your soul for a very busy Sunday? And so as we hear these different kinds of answers from even different kinds of preachers, Hopefully, there's going to be something in here that really stirs you, that really encourages you, that it's something that you might even add to your private Sunday morning personal preparation. Okay, I'm going to chime in at the end, and you're about to hear from a variety of some of my favorite guests that have been on the show. Okay, and so I'm going to have a very brief word of introduction for each of the voices that you are about to hear. Um, all of them are going to have uh, links to their previous episodes in the show notes. So if there's anybody that you are unfamiliar with that you'd like to hear more about their story or more about what we can learn about teaching and preaching from them, uh, you can follow those links in the show notes. Um, this next voice is that of Dr. Jason Cruz. He is the pastor at Clearview Baptist Church in Franklin, Tennessee. And you can hear him on episode 92, 93, and 133 
of this podcast. Okay, here's Jason. I'm really anxious to hear what other people are doing because truly this is such a great project from Expositors Collective. It's an area that I really want to grow in from a spiritual perspective of being prepared with the Holy Spirit for the preaching moment. Uh, I I get up pretty early on Sunday morning, uh, usually 4.30, 5 o'clock. And I do make tweaks and, and you know insights into that sermon. I'm in a consciousness with God. I'm in a, a conversation in my mind. Lord, what can I leave out? Uh, how can I say something a little differently? I especially pay attention to my visuals. I, I preach a lot with visuals, a lot of images, uh, even props at times. But I, I preach as much for the eye as I do for the ear because I think it engages a little more of the person as a whole uh, and it moves the sermon along. So I'm definitely looking at my visuals and making sure I got them right. Uh, at, at that point, after I've gone through the sermon to see what I can leave out or, or how I need to close, uh, I, I tend not to have breakfast with my family or anything because you know I, I'm to the church kind of early and uh, but now as far as as far as my soul prep time I've done a few different things I, in truth I, I don't have one set routine and I, I wouldn't mind having a set routine but I, I I don't have just one set routine I will tell you a couple of key areas that have helped me in the past that I, I really have enjoyed. One actually is not on Sunday morning. It's something that I'm trying to incorporate a little more into my life. And I got it, actually, it's not original with me, but uh, uh, an acquaintance of mine over in York, uh, a friend Dave Sylvester, he pastors uh, Calvary York and there in, in Yorkshire. And I, I Dave told me about how he would often walk during the week and just talk to God about the passage itself. Just walk and talk to God. You wrote it, Lord. You wrote this. You know, you, if it's Romans 12, you wrote Romans 12. What did you mean? And have a soul conversation with the Lord. Man, I'm telling you, the times that I can discipline myself to do that, it has been so, so good. As far as Sunday morning, I thought about this recently about we need to get back to doing this. COVID interrupted this like it did with a lot of things. Probably the most powerful thing I've done, uh, we have uh, three services on Sunday morning and uh, two at one time in two different venues. And then uh, a second one really is how it works. But what we would often do is about an hour before the first service, we would invite anybody uh, that wanted to to come and, and prepare for worship. Actually, you know, think, think of it this way. If you were going to go in to speak to the prime minister of the UK, or if you were going to go in and speak to the president of the United States, or if you were going to have an, a, a very important meeting with a dignitary, you would not just casually go into that meeting. You would be ready for that encounter that day. We have treated worship that way, where you go in, you you walk through the worship center. We pray over the chairs. We I go into the pulpit, and I will kneel or, or I'll, I'll get there in the pulpit and pray over the pulpit. We'll go to the altar and pray over if we have an altar call that day. We, we, we literally kind of have a, a prayer gathering, and I'm telling you, there is something about that that centers your soul. 
And it just, it really makes, it, it, it just changes everything about the worship service. And as our church was doing that, that is something we've got to move back to because it worked and it, it was neat to watch. So for me, that has been one of the greatest soul preparation, uh, you know, movements or strategies that, that I've used in, in a long time. Well, thanks, Jason. And so now we're going to go from Tennessee over to uh, the Kingdom of Bahrain, and we're going to hear from Pastor James Travis of SAR Fellowship about what his Friday morning routine looks like as he prepares for his church's Friday morning public gathering. If you want to hear more from James, you can find him on episode 78 and episode 118. Hi, my name is James Travis, and I'm the pastor of an international church in the Kingdom of Bahrain in the Middle East. Preparing for the day that is ahead of me, which is Friday when we do church. We do church on a Friday, not Sunday. So preparing for Fridays uh, in terms of like preparing myself, preparing my soul, preparing spiritually, really is just lots and lots of prayer. Starting at the beginning of the week, uh, right up until maybe 10 minutes before the service begins. Uh, lots of prayer that we have taken from the text, what God wants to be taken, like the plain and simple meaning of the text. But we're also taking the principles from that meaning that are applicable to the people today. Praying that the right people are going to really engage uh, listen, watch, really engage with what's going on. Uh, praying that God takes care of all the things that we can't nowadays, like cameras, streams, cables, internet connections, all that kind of stuff. And very personally, you know, praying that people would hear what I am saying, but that they would really be hearing from the Lord that they would be looking at me, they would be engaging with me, but that they would really be looking to the Lord. So they would hear me, but they would hear from God, and that they would be looking at me, engaging with what's going on, but they would really be looking to the Lord. In terms of last-minute tweaks to manuscripts and outlines and notes, I'll get up quite early on a Friday morning, probably before anybody else in our house and have a proper full start to finish read through. So in terms of last minute tweaks, uh, sometimes it's it's adding things to, the, to what I've written during the week. Sometimes you wake up on a Friday morning with a really strong feeling that I must add something else in. And I think if we're praying throughout the week, when you wake up on church day, teaching day, preaching day, with a really strong conviction that I must add this application, this example, I must add this in, then we can be really confident that that has come from God. So last minute tweaks, generally, it's maybe not too much. There are not too many last minute tweaks for me. Uh, generally, I like to go to bed on Thursday knowing that it's done and it's dusted, wake up early on Friday, have a read through and really only add in stuff that I really feel like is from God. Uh, last minute tweaks, yeah, no, nothing too much really. And then for the rest of the morning, uh, we would 
spend time together as a family, really. So I've woken up early, read through start to finish, prayed it all through, you know, prayed that if there's anything that I've not added in in the week, that God would speak to me through the power of his indwelling Holy Spirit in the moment. And then after that, you know, we've got two little boys and, and once they're up, uh, they take... <laughs> And time and attention and, and energy so we'll sit down together we'll eat a nice breakfast together and we will more often than not uh, leave to church uh, together as well so I hope this has been useful uh, and I would be really happy to chat to answer any questions about my particular Friday morning pre-church routine thank you James uh, now we're going to head over to Adam Narciso. Adam is the visionary and pioneer of Catalyst Ministries. Um, he was featured on an interview for this show uh, back on episode 126. So guys, buckle in. Here's Adam Narciso. Most of my message comes together early Sunday morning. So I'll wake up, you know, if I've got to preach at 10, I'll wake up, you know, 5 a.m. or earlier and to be honest, for me, that's when I pull together the majority of my message. What I mean by that is I'm pulling together all the various sections of notes that I've written, you know, the, the number of days throughout the week that I've prayed and, and studied and prepped for that message. I'm combing through, I'm eliminating the parts of the message or sections, whole sections I feel are like, are like off message. In other words, if I, if I can't fit... If, if, if this section doesn't contribute to my one sentence summary of my message today, it's not going to make it in. Or, or parts of the message I feel like are unnecessary. You know, those of us that overstudy and we just combine, compile all these great notes and, and, and facts and data. If I, feel like, if I feel like it's unnecessary, again, to the main objectives I feel like God wants to accomplish through this message, it doesn't make it in. Or then the third thing I'm coming through to find things that I just feel are uninspired, like things I just don't feel the spirit of God emphasizing. And I've, that's obviously super subjective, but if I feel like, if I can't feel God on it in the, as I'm prepping, I, I'm not excited to, 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 to teach it and for, for it to make it into the final, the final sermon notes. Um, actually, then at that time, I'll write my introduction for my message. I'm really concerned about how I open messages, the thoughts I convey in an introduction, and how I create tension, buy, get buy-in from the people to hear the rest of my message. For me, I think that's where like a lot of my internal wiring kind of comes alive and turns on the day of writing the introduction, um, thinking about delivery, because that's where I, that's, I, I tend to do well under pressure. And somehow pressure of the, you know, and I'm preaching in X amount of hours, that enables me to focus and to hear God really clearly in the moment. So so I, I in that moment, I'm also thinking about like the different transitions, each of the transitions I'm making from point to point or section to section in the message. I want to make sure those I have a plan for my transitions, like a transition statement. I've written it out. What's the sentence I'm going to say in this transition? I write those out. Um, because if it doesn't feel good to me, if it, I, it, as I'm writing it, I know the people are not going to be able to follow me well. 
Um, I'm also thinking about the different stories and illustrations I intend to tell. I'm a big storyteller in as I teach and preach, and so I'm really thinking through critically how I'm going to present those, whether or not I have to modify st- the length of the story, whether or not I can add additional parts to it in terms of detail. The reason I think that's important for me is because because uh, somehow the Lord uses story and illustration to capture a myriad of hearts in the room. And that leads me to this next point. I try and pay attention to the ways my mind gravitates to different ideas, memories, or aspects of story um, because I, I tend to find that that's, somehow that's the Lord bringing something to mind to, for me that, that will help personalize the message I'm going to give for someone in the room. Here's a quick example. I remember preaching at, at a church on a Sunday morning in a really affluent community. I won't say where, but um, for some reason, I, I, um, my mind is I kept being drawn toward prison. Of course, I'm preaching from a prison epistle, but I was thinking about prison. I was thinking about even times I'd visited and ministered in prison. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? I kind of had this sense there's going to be someone in the room who has an, a, a, a prison in, incarceration background. And I, as I began to pray, I, I felt this presence of God increase as I began to think that thought. And I thought, I think this might be from God. So very casually in the message, I made a note to say, I, as, as I'm presenting this text, you know, this Pauline prison epistle text, I said, by the way, if y'all been, if someone's here been to prison, I want you to know you're in good company because the writer of the words I'm about to read was in prison for his faith in Christ. And that's all I said. Um, and yet somehow <laughs> that morning, there was an adult son in the, in the congregation, um, a son of the church administrator who was in the congregation. He had a prison background. He, was, he had shame. He carried shame as a result of it, sensed a disconnection from church and all things God. Somehow, some way, that one sentence, God used it to personalize the whole sermon for him. He ended up surrendering his life to Jesus that very morning. So I pay attention to the random stories and thoughts that my mind gravitates to when I, on Sunday mornings, I, t- I find that it, oftentimes it's the spirit drawing my attention to a thought, a phrase, a story that's gonna help personalize the message for someone in the room in, in a really dynamic way. Finally, I'll say this. Um, I lay on my face on Sunday mornings, literally prostrate on my face. I pray Ephesians 1.17 for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to rest on me as a messenger and then rest on the people as they receive that we would all have our eyes open to the reality of who Jesus is. I spend time praying in tongues. I pray in the spirit. I spend extra time adoring Jesus. The, the more quickly I can press print on my notes and then just worship and praise. For me, that is like, that. that's the special place with God. It's like just on my face, adoring Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity today to preach your word. Thank you for that your, return, your word never returns void. Thank you for the grace, this grace today. Just adoring Jesus, so good. Um, finally, I one last minute round of like, Lord, is search me, know me. You know, is there anything I need to do and before I communicate this word to your people, before I bring this word that pr- teaches and, and reproves and corrects and, and, and warns your people, is there anything in me that I need to repent of, that I need to make right? And oftentimes that's with my wife, <laughs> you know, on the road, I'll call it my wife. I'm apologizing. I'm sending texts. Uh, I'm, I'm asking my wife's forgiveness, you know, 
And there's a rhythm there because I know like before the word of God can be released through me to cut someone's heart free of deception, bondage, and confusion, I need the sword of the spirit to cut me. And, and so I, I pay attention to those areas. Lord, one last round of spiritual inventory. God, is there anything in me um, that I need to deal with before I go and bring this word to your people? There's my Sunday morning routine. Thanks, Adam. That's awesome. Well, Chris Thomas is the teaching pastor of Raymond Terrace Community Church in the Hunter Valley of New South Wales, Australia. Um, he was a guest on the show on episode 173. And so here's Chris Thomas. How do you prepare your soul for the day that is ahead of you? I'd probably answer that question by just saying how much on the day is prepared for by the the day before it. Um, So things like getting to bed on Saturday evening at a reasonable time. When I say reasonable, I know that changes for everyone's makeup and family dynamics, but for me, uh, I try to make sure that I'm in bed uh, earlier rather than later on a Saturday night uh, to get the best chance of a good night's rest. Uh, And then I tend to wake earlier on Sunday mornings, uh, not because I have far to travel or too much to do, prior to the service because I have a, the blessing of a good team um, who are doing some of that, but because it just helps me to have a few moments in the quiet of the house. I have a, a large family, five children, ranging between five years and 20, and uh, there's always someone doing something at some point in time, and I find that just getting up early on a Sunday morning it gives me a chance just to have a moment of um, quiet and reflection, uh, a nice cup of coffee, and I read, and I don't read my notes. Um, I try to make a habit of the first thing I do uh, on a Sunday morning to be just simply spending time with the Lord, even if it's just a reading through a psalm or some other short passage in a, in a reading. Uh, and that helps set the tone for the day. What are the last-minute tweaks that you make to your manuscript or notes? Um, Very few, really. Um, Usually, there have been a few occasions where um, a real unsettledness in my spirit on Saturday night leaves me still Sunday morning tweaking, but uh, they're few and far between, gratefully. Um, In general, it's just reading through my notes again, so... Uh, on Saturday evening before heading to bed, the last thing I want to read is I read over my notes. In general, I manuscript, um, although not as a strict rule. And then Sunday morning after rising early, I read something different to my notes. I want to read scripture. Uh, when I'm finished reading that, I will often pull out my manuscript or notes and read through. So the the last thing that I've read before heading off to Um, the morning's uh, ministry and service and people has been the outline or the the full manuscript of the service, uh, of the sermon, sorry. Uh, So it's um, rare that I would tweak much. Um, More potentially, uh, I preach from an iPad a lot. 
I might make some last minute highlighting adjustments um, if something just occurs to me to emphasize something different or slightly um, more than I may have otherwise. So um, occasionally some highlighting adjustments, but apart from that, um, I try to get my the bulk of my sermon prep and tweaking done earlier in the week. I, I eat breakfast with at least one of my family uh, in general. So uh, as I said, the my age range of children uh, is quite broad, and so it's a busy morning. But in general, I make the attempt to at least sit with um, one or, or a couple of the kids, um, the younger ones maybe, or sometimes uh, and rarely, but um, it's a joy when it is maybe just my wife and I sitting together and um, a piece of toast or a, uh, over a cup of coffee, just something light. I don't tend to eat too much on a Sunday morning. Uh, but just time, it's not so much the meal or the food um, that makes the significant difference, but it's time. Um, preaching isn't a performance. Preaching isn't a job that I go to. Uh, it's an extension of being a shepherd, of being a pastor. Um, Paul instructs Timothy, if you can't shepherd your own family, well, how can you ever shepherd the, the house of God? And so I think the little habits and rhythms of life um, don't get put out the window just simply because we have pressing ministry needs, but um, they're all the more important. So the conversation over a piece of toast or a bit of cereal or some fruit or something uh, with my daughter or my son, um, that's that's the seedbed of where ministry flows from. So, uh, yeah, that's the intention is Sunday mornings uh, to share some time over a bit of breakfast um, with as many of the kids who are around um, or available, my wife or whoever is there. And um, that's just one of my little rhythms that I, I I don't think I was very deliberate about in my younger days, but I've become um, more aware of and treasure more as my kids grow older and as I do also. Um, so that's been important. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Now we're going to go to Connor Berry. Connor is a pastor at Calvary Chapel Santa Maria in California. He has been a very dear and great friend of mine for 20 years now. And his episode is actually one of my favorites, and it's episode 13. So you'll have to do a lot of scrolling to find that, but uh, it's, it's worth it. Okay, here's my friend Connor Berry. Hi, Mike, and hello to Expositors Collective friends. Uh, my name is Connor Berry. I am uh, one of the pastors at Calvary Chapel in Santa Maria, California. And I am here to share with you uh, my Sunday morning routine. How uh, do I prepare my soul in order for um, my submission to the Holy Spirit to be ready uh, for the preaching of God's word on a Sunday. So how, uh, how do I prepare myself to minister to the Lord's people? Well, um, my normal routine is I, I usually normally wake up at four in the morning um, and it takes me about 15 or 20 minutes uh, to kind of... Uh, Waken my senses. I usually make my cup of coffee um, as as just a, a part of my little ritual of waking up, and 
Uh, I get my workspace ready, which is usually our dinner table at our house. Um, and by about 4.20, uh, 4.30, I sit down to pray and I begin to write out my sermon notes for the for the for that Sunday's message. Um, you know, for a while I was a little bit embarrassed about how uh, how short of time I have to prepare uh, to write out my notes um, for the Sunday's message, but it's just the way that that I work and the way that is is best for me. Uh, I was embarrassed about it until I listened to uh, Russell Moore's episode on Expositors Collective, where I believe he does the same thing. But um, I've prepared my sermon all throughout the week, and at 4.30 in the morning on a Sunday, that is when I begin typing out my notes. And I look over all of the preliminary preparations. Um, I look at all the research that that I've done, and um, I begin through prayer just to start writing out these notes. Usually, it's I don't revise at all. I just lay those notes out, and that is that is what I have for that morning, and it, and it tends to work out. Um, so, from about that happens from about four thirty in the morning to about six thirty in the morning. It takes me about two hours to to fully write out my notes. Um, so. Uh, from 6.30 to about 7.15 is, is me getting ready for the day, um, getting dressed and, and, and thinking, over, thinking over my message. And I get to the church around, around 7.30. So that's <laughs> around the time I have my second cup of coffee is around 7.30. And that's when I print out my notes. Um, I, I cut them in the right way that I want them cut. I, uh, I number them in the right page format that I want, and I put it in my Bible. And then I go um, check in with my media manager to make sure the slides, and if I'm using any images, um, all of those are, are, are correct. And so once that is all, all done, around 7.30, 7.45, maybe even 8 o'clock, that's when I'm able to take a breather. And what I usually do is I go into my office and this is something I learned from my dad, who was my senior pastor growing up, and um, he uh, he taught me this. And this has just been an important part of my my Sunday morning routine. Is I'll, I'll close my office door, and I will anoint myself with oil. And what I usually do is um, I, I put the oil in my hands, I rub my hands, and then I anoint my head with oil, and then I, I smell, I breathe in whatever the scent of that oil is, and I ask that the Holy Spirit uh, would have full control um, over, over this morning, over the words that I speak. Um, even though I've prepared all throughout the week, even though I have spent hours and hours of, of research and written out these notes and I feel that they're fine, uh, they won't be fine unless the Holy Spirit has his sovereign way. Um, so I, I just make that a point, you know, the oil being symbolism of the Holy Spirit to, to come upon me, to anoint me for the work of ministry, to anoint me with the authority to preach to these people, to be able to proclaim, thus saith the Lord. And so that's a big thing. 
And then uh, after that, um, around 8.30, what we have is pre-service prayer, where we have a small room and we have a small group of people that have committed to pray for the service uh, before church starts. And um, this is where a lot of us exercise our gifts with the intentional focus of the Sunday morning service. So uh, there's usually tongues, there's interpretation of tongues, um, there's prophetic words over the Sunday morning, there's words of knowledge that we see fulfilled. Um, and uh, and usually what happens is at the very end, they lay hands on whoever's speaking on the Sunday. It doesn't have to be me necessarily, but Whoever's speaking on the Sunday, uh, if Michael, our worship pastor, is able to come in after practice, we lay hands on him. And uh, that is where uh, we get really pumped. We get encouraged and excited. Uh, we shed off the lethargy. We shed off the discouragement. We, we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we begin with joy afterwards that morning. And so that ends around 845 um, by 9.15, uh, I, I am saying hello to everybody in the congregation. And at 9.30, our service starts. And uh, I feel by that time that we have given proper proper allegiance to the Lord, proper submission to the Spirit, and uh, we tend to have a beautiful service. So, yeah, that's my morning routine. And God bless you guys in all that you do and all that you do for God's glory and for his ministry. All right, God bless. Well, thanks, Connor. Okay, next we're going to stay in California. We're going to head down south to Community Lutheran Church in Escondido, San Marcos, California. And we're going to hear from Pastor Bob Hiller. Uh, We did a great interview conversation together, and you can find that on episode 144 if you're interested. All right, Bob, how do you prepare your hearts for Sunday morning? Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Bob Hiller from Community Lutheran Church in Escondido in San Marcos, California, and the content editor for Craft of Preaching over at 1517.org. Mike has asked me to tell you a little bit about my Sunday morning routine, the preparations I go through uh, before actually getting into the pulpit on Sunday morning. I actually get up and, and leave the house right away. I, I wake up at about 10 to 6. This is what I've done literally for 14 years. I get up at about 10 to 6, make myself, uh, cut myself an apple, have a little bit of salami and cheese, and then I head out the door. And I actually used to not eat breakfast, as interesting as this might be for some of you. I used to think, no, I'm going to do it without any food in my system, and then I would just feel awful and tired and, and out of energy halfway through the morning. And so my dad, who's a very wise pastor, said, no, you, you got to eat something. It doesn't have to be a lot, uh, but make sure you have yourself some decent kind of breakfast. So that's that's what I do. And then uh, when I get to the church, I have time in prayer. I have a list of my brother pra- uh, pastors that I pray for who are going to be preaching that morning. Uh, then I pray through Luther's morning prayer. If you've never seen that, it's a wonderful little prayer uh, to pray before you get into the pulpit. You can probably find it online somewhere. Uh, And then I preach through my sermon. This will be the third time I've preached through the sermon out loud. I do it on Saturdays uh, twice out loud. The manuscript is always done by Thursdays. Uh, On Saturday when I practice the sermon, I make tweaks if I don't like the way the structure is, if I think uh, some points need to be said in different places. I make those adjustments usually on Saturday. And then on Sunday morning, I've 
said it out loud to myself twice. This will be the third time I do it on Sunday morning before I actually get up uh, to preach it. So uh, that's the routine. And then you get out and you you start greeting the people and welcoming them to church so that they uh, get to see your face and you get to see their faces and you're prepared uh, to worship the Lord together. But that is what my preparation is like. I don't see my family before I leave. Uh, I don't spend a whole lot of time with them until afterwards. But that's usually how it goes. So I hope this is helpful and you can get some insight from it. God's peace be with you. Well, thanks, Bob. Now we're going to head over to Dublin, Ireland. And Mark Smith is a pastor at City Church Dublin. And he's going to share with us a bit of what his Sunday morning routine looks like. If you want to hear more from Mark, you can check out episode 125 entitled Killing Your Darlings and Loving Your City. Okay, here's Mark. Lots of preachers tend to say things like uh, from Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening that their head begins to drift towards the the sermon and they're thinking about Sunday. That's never really been my, my experience. Uh, I put the sermon to bed on Friday and I don't think about it until Sunday morning. Uh, on Sunday morning, I get up early. Uh, usually around about the same time as our youngest, uh, because he's an early riser too. And we go downstairs, I get him his breakfast, my daughter might come down, similar sort of time. So the kids are eating breakfast, and, and I'm at the kitchen table with them, usually with a cup of coffee, black, uh, strong, and uh, my iPad with my with my mind mapping software that I have my sermon on, so I don't write a full manuscript. Um, I have quite a esoteric um, mind map that that works with my brain, and so I'm looking through that, following the flow uh, of that. Uh, a lot of times, kind of <laughs> proofreading uh, the points, thinking through whether or not one thing flows into the to the next very often on friday um i'm not happy with how it's landed I'm not happy with the the kind of final uh, the final application or the final kind of um incisory uh point and so oftentimes that will get reworked it's normally the introduction or uh, or the end that gets reworked rather than the body on a Sunday morning. I might not be happy with with how I'm leading in. Introductions are um, strange creatures. Sometimes people use introductions to to simply kind of get you writing. And, some, and a lot of times, that's what I have to do. You know, you just you have that kind of sermon writer's writer's block. And so you just start putting something down because it's hard to mentally just jump into the body. It, you know, most of our brains, I think, kind of work uh, linearly. And so we begin with introduction, then we move on. Those are rarely good introductions in my mind. Uh, in an introduction, I want to... I want to establish uh, empathy with the hearer. I want to not assume 
a hearing and I want to, by the end of the introduction, have gone some way to convince uh, the the sceptic or the non-Christian in the room why they should continue to listen for the next uh, 20 or 30 minutes. Well, it's done to varying degrees of success. But on Sunday morning, I'll be looking over that and asking, do, does my introduction do that? And then at, in the in the end, after my exegesis and exposition, does my kind of outro or conclusion or application does it does it have that 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 heart that will that affection aspect to it, or am I just asking people to to think right things? Those are some of the questions that I'm that I'm asking in terms of my uh, my own heart. I'm praying for. Uh, the, the Lord to work by His Spirit, and because I don't have a full manuscript, I'm praying for the Spirit's help that I don't say something unhelpful or uh, or silly or distracting. Um, uh, but I'm also praying for for people. I very often have uh, folks, couples, marriages, situations in my mind as I'm prepping through the week, and so they're in my mind again on a uh, on a Sunday, and I'm praying that they'll be there. Uh, I'm praying that uh, that God would use this that I have prayed over for them to uh, to shape them, and uh, that they would be helped and encouraged or challenged or comforted by it. Do I eat breakfast with my family on a Sunday morning? Um, Kind of the the eat breakfast around me. Um, it's uh, it's not a you know, Sunday mornings are not a sacred family day in that sense. Um, Saturdays are Saturdays are pancakes every Saturday and uh, and Daddy makes them and we enjoy time around the table together. Sunday is we are. We are going to serve the people that we love, and so there's a, there's a, there's a purposefulness and a, a dynamism to breakfast. Um, whereas, yeah, other mornings uh, are the time to be more leisurely. I hope this helps. Thanks, Mark. I I believe that you have. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, here's our second to last clip. And this is the same clip that you heard at the preview at the beginning of the episode. And this is with uh, Ray Ortland of, of Emmanuel Church, uh, Nashville in Tennessee. Now, he's been on the show once before, episode 122. And he actually is going to be on the show again next Tuesday. And so this is essentially a preview of next week's episode, but I made sure to ask him about his Sunday morning routine. And so here is Ray Ortland. If you want to hear more about this, we'll just make sure that you're subscribed so that you can hear the whole episode next Tuesday. It's always meaningful to me. It's not, it's not a, a meritorious ritual, but Mike, I remember walking downstairs when I was a boy, got up. I don't know why I was up early, but I went, walked downstairs and there was my dad in the, in the living room on his knees at a, at a chair there with his face buried in his hands in prayer. 
And he wasn't doing that to show off. He wasn't trying to make a point. He didn't know anybody else was up. So that was striking to me. It was very meaningful to me. And as the years have gone by, that, that memory has become definitional. I want to be, now it's my turn. I want to be that man. And through Christ and his finished work on the cross, through his merit, I can have what I don't deserve, which is that sacred experience of literally getting down on my knees before the Lord and praying that his miracle working power and blessing, his mighty hand would be on me and on everyone who receives the ministry of the word. So strong coffee, um, simplicity, prayer. And, um, and then I go look at my, my notes and commonly I perform major surgery on the sermon that morning because I'm thinking new things that had never occurred to me. And it, it usually trends toward being simpler, more gentle and more direct. So the major surgery is not, you're not adding new body parts, but you are removing vestigial organs. Is that a, a way to think put a bit? Well said, well said, Mike. Yes. It's usually a case of seeing how I have overwritten something. I have complicated it without realizing it. I have assumed rather than explained certain things. So I, I just want to be a good shepherd. You know, in, in Luke's gospel, Jesus said, he who does not gather with me scatters. So Jesus is gathering people. He who does not gather with me. So Jesus gather, scooping them up, pulling them into his arms. And we are gatherers. That's what preaching is. Preaching is not meant to, to create a barrier to people moving toward us and toward Jesus. It's meant to open doors and to be as accessible as it can be. So we want to have a clear theological conscience that we've done right by the Bible and a clear pastoral conscience that we have done right by the people and done everything we can within our limitations by God's grace for his glory alone to bring the two together so that there's, there's this spiritual detonation of real people encountering the real Jesus and wonderful things happening that really are not our doing at all. We're just sort of setting it up. But I don't want to complicate that setup. I want to make it super simple. Would you, um, like, do you eat breakfast at home? What's, do you leave before breakfast time? Uh, like, thank you so much for that, like, that glimpse into the, the deep reality of your heart. Um, but then is there kind of family breakfast or do you leave early? What's, what's it look like? I just find it's kind of different for, for nearly every preacher. Right. I, I typically don't eat much of breakfast and I, I don't like preaching on with a tummy full of food. Um, I want to, I want to be lean and agile and hungry and ready. Yeah. So I, I leave early and, and I am in hyper-focus <laughs> to put it in American categories. I've, I'm carrying the football. I'm driving the ball down the field. The touchdown isn't far away. Uh, I'm in hyper-focus. Well, thank you so much, Ray. And thank you to you, the listener. You've almost made it 
to the end. I, I hope this has been interesting and instructing even to see the comparisons and the contrasts between the different kinds of preachers that we've had on the show, which I know represents the different kinds of listeners that we've had um, to the show, including yourself. So thank you so much for listening. So here's, here's some of my contribution to this conversation about Sunday morning soul care uh, before the Sunday morning public ministry. So I, I wake up at four uh, on Sunday mornings. I've been doing that for about 10 years, uh, probably even more. There was a, another pastor that I knew in Dublin, and uh, he mentioned that that, it was, that was his routine. And I thought, I should give that a shot. Because oftentimes, I'd be staying up really, really late on Saturdays. Uh, going over my notes or finding out new things or double checking or making slideshows or whatever. And often it'd be up until 1 a.m., 2 a.m. on occasion, sometimes even later. And then I'd eventually go to bed and then my wife would be like shaking me in the morning saying, come on, Mike, you got to get up. Church is getting ready to start. And then I would, <clears throat> I'd be starting the day drowsy, tired, reluctant. And I thought, hey, what if I just flip the switch on this? What if I just started my day a whole lot earlier on Sunday? And then when this time the Sunday gathering begins, um, I've, I've been awake for hours and I'm excited about this. And so I gave it a shot and, and it works for me. Maybe it won't work for you, but I've found what works for me. Usually I have my sermon draft done by Thursday night. That's a pattern that I've had for the past couple of years, and it's been, it's been wonderful. It's been great. I'm currently in a very busy and very involved and very engaged part of my life. And so back in like, uh, I don't know, mid-July, I kind of um, fell off of my regular routines. And basically from mid-July up until now, I haven't been able to finish a sermon by Thursday um, at all, ever. And so whereas usually the Sunday morning routine involves waking up and then looking at my notes, which are 90% complete, uh, these days, unfortunately, they're about 60% sometimes more, sometimes less. And so there's a lot more kind of writing that takes place on a Sunday morning for me these days. But um, what I do want to say is here's something that I do that I haven't heard anybody else mention. Um, for me, this is actually a very important part for my own personal soul care. And then also as I think maybe possibly a gift to the church. I work with the worship leaders here at Calvary Cork throughout every single week to have as much overlap that we can between the songs that we sing and the themes and the truth that I preach. And so I'm in dialogue with them about song suggestions, about major themes, about verses, and we go back and forth suggesting songs that would pair well with the sermon that's going to be preached. And so I know the set list um, long before Sunday morning comes. I'm not hearing those songs for the first time. 
and the various worship leaders, you know, we, they just have a, a routine of making a Spotify playlist, and then that gets shared. Um, it gets shared amongst our church community. There's some people who like to listen to the songs first, but especially to me, because I insist <laughs> on hearing the songs first. So after the song selection has been finalized, they turn it into a playlist, and then I get it. And so for me, on Sunday morning, from the time that I sit down at my desk with my coffee in hand, the only thing that I'm listening to is those four or five songs on repeat. And I'll listen to it over and over and over again. And as I am tweaking the sermon, as I am crafting that introduction or that conclusion, the song lyrics are going through my mind again and again. And I, I think, you know what, that line there, you know, when, when the hymn says, behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, I think, you know what, that really connects with what I'm saying right here in regards to verse seven. And so what I do, and I do this, I think every single week, is I make sure that I have at least one or two quotations from the songs that we sing highlighted within the sermon that I preach. And, and it might be kind of a, a review of a song that we sang just a few minutes ago, or a preview of the closing songs that we're going to sing. I just find it really a special thing to be able to acknowledge, um, hey, my friends, brothers, sisters, we just sang a few minutes ago about how the risen lamb is our perfect spotless righteousness. And do you see it here? This is not just a song that we put out there. This is putting to hymnody and putting to, to melody the truth of verse seven. And, and then other times when I say, and you know what, as we see this truth, in a few minutes, we're going to sing a song together and it has this line. I want you to pay attention to what we're singing because later we're going to get a chance to confess corporately as we sing this truth together that we believe God about this. And so anyway, I just find that something that um, maybe for some of us, we're able to spontaneously think like that. But for me, I like to, to consciously draw a connection between what we sing and what we truly believe in the deepest hearts as it reflects scripture itself. So for me, that's something that I do. Um, Sunday mornings involve reviewing my notes, uh, and listening to the songs that we're going to sing. I try to personally be having a worshipful atmosphere as I'm listening to, sometimes even singing along with the various songs that we're going to sing, and then also doing so with an eye towards connecting those songs with the message that is about to be preached. Uh, there's there's other things that we do. Um, we're we don't currently own our own building or even have a long term lease. Uh, we're meeting in a, a secondary school uh, just down the road from my house, and so that means that there's you know setup. And so not every single week, but often I am on the the setup team as well. Um, every single week, my my wife she kind of like you know cook some sausages or, or get some croissants or something um, so that the, the volunteers that come early and that serve, that they also have something like a hot food that's, that's waiting there for them. And there's, there's like a lot of little things that we do and that varies from like your church location and your unique stage and age of a church um, 
But uh, yeah, that's kind of my one thing that I want to get out there. Um, that for me, I try to like worship the Lord in song with my Bible open and with my final draft of my notes in front of me. And I want to be circling and highlighting and being able to make those cross references, not just from one part of the Bible to the other, but from one part of the service to the other. And that's something that I do that, that helps me. Okay, I think that's about it. Uh, let me know uh, what you think about this episode. Uh, it, it, it took a lot of work to chase the people down and to, to get the audio. And certainly, as you've noticed, that some audio is higher quality than, than others. Um, but I think it's kind of cool to do kind of a deep dive on this one theme. But, but what do you think? Uh, please do get in touch, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, those are ways that you can get in touch. Um, and then also, too, maybe some suggestions of like further deep dive topics. Um, what would you like to hear from seven or eight people in a row on just one theme? What should that next theme be? Okay, I hope that this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's word. <laughs>